Hey besties, welcome back to Two Besties, One Brain Cell. I'm your host, Kara, and today I'm joined again by Michelle. Hello, everyone. AKA Gucci Paints, for those who don't already know. <laughs> um, yeah, so last time I had Michelle on the podcast, we kind of touched on the topic of um, parents and like how your, like your perspective and your relationship with them evolves as you get older. Um, and a few people were interested in hearing us talk about that a little bit more, so that's what our episode today is going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to dissect it. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually asked for questions from listeners just to see what you guys would like us to cover. Um, and we did get some really good questions, so we'll dive into those. But before we start, I just wanted to give a bit of a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> neither of us are experts on the topic by any means. We're not qualified. We're not therapists. No. Definitely not trauma therapists. So no, Absolutely not. <laughs> this is literally just speaking from experience. Yeah. And how we're still trying to navigate this whole situation with parents and whatnot, like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not an expert, that's for sure. I'm still trying to figure out, figure out my shit, basically. Yeah, same. <laughs> like, yeah. in a way, I feel like I'm probably, like, the least qualified person to give <laughs> advice on this, because... We're um, off to a good start. Yeah, great. <laughs> Everyone just stops listening now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, just for a little bit of background, um, I, well... I'm obviously I'm white. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of the questions we got were, were regarding like ethnic parents, and because um, I think that that's a huge thing for a lot of people that um, that listen or like just a lot of people relate to it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my dad is Italian and my mum is Australian. But um, I grew up with just my mum. We've had a pretty tumultuous relationship over the years. There's been a lot of tension. Um, very turbulent and. It still is. It's not like I'm like sitting here being like, all right, this is how I turn that into a perfect relationship because it's definitely not. Um, but I think I can definitely, you know, speak on some of my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what yeah. about you? So I am Vietnamese. Both my parents were born in Vietnam, except we speak Vietnamese Chinese. So I don't know if anybody else wants, would relate to that. But mm-hmm. yeah, in Vietnam, there's heaps of people that speak Chinese. Yeah. So we're like kind of half-half, I guess. But... I have a funny relationship with my parents and so that's why I kind of resonate with some of these questions and topics quite a bit. Um, My parents and I went through a very, like I had a really strange upbringing. Mm. Like there was just like this 10 year gap where just so much happened, like so jam packed. And then I'm in the phase where my parents don't know, like say a traditional family would say, go to therapy, Mm. figure it out Mm -hmm. and how to move past that phase of our life whereas my parents are are in the phase where they're just trying to act like nothing happened oh my god that's so common I always hear people be like just go to like family therapy but I think if you're dealing with people who don't even know yeah they don't even realize that what they've done is wrong and they don't realize that there's an issue on there and like they're not willing to and to do that I kind of completely understand that because Mm. you know like when you grow up in Vietnam, like, what the fuck is therapy? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. to them, they probably don't even have therapists there. Probably now they do. Yeah. But what the hell is a therapist? Well, they probably also think it's for, like, if you're really, like, mentally ill or yes. something, not just to work through uh-huh. everyday problems. Yeah. There's still such a big stigma around it. Yeah. But that is basically a quick synopsis of my family life. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy 10 years where it was just so tumultuous mm-hmm. and just... Was that during your teen years? Yes. Yeah. So it was literally <laughs> the moment I left primary school yeah up until like my early 20s mm-hmm. it was just 
just such an uncomfortable like phase. It probably started much earlier on, actually. I reckon it would have started by the time I was like year four or five. Oh, and yeah. like going way beyond high school. I feel like it's when you start showing signs of like your own personality, like you start becoming mm-hmm. your own person. That's when they start to freak out because they're like, oh shit, like this is no longer like my child that I am controlling yep. like every part of their life. They're starting to have their own, you know, needs and their own wants and their own personality and views and opinions and all 100%. that. And like <laughs> yeah and sometimes it's really bad I don't think this is the best way to put it but maybe someone will, will relate to this but sometimes I'm like I feel like a part of me still feels like they put me through that shit and yeah. they should feel bad yeah and it's like how can you possibly just pretend like nothing happened it's like yes. shit that no one should have gone through but I went through and yes. I feel like it was their fault but obviously they were like I said in the last podcast like mm. our parents aren't perfect yeah like, like they were doing the best they yeah. could with what the tools that they had at the totally. time. Yeah. And I do still recognize that some of the stuff they did, like they were being very selfish, mm. but then it didn't mean that they loved, didn't love me any less or they loved me any less. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. But they just didn't know how to show mad, it. They just, sorry. They just put a hole through the wall. Yeah. I think they just made, made really bad choices as adults, yeah. which ultimately affected me. And no matter how much love you give to someone – if you've done them wrong, like, it's still going to impact them. Yeah, yeah. You can't fix 100%. that by loving someone and buying them stuff. Yeah. I'm just really going on a tangent now about my life. but No, that's... that's so relatable. I'm like, oh, my God, I totally feel this as well. Like, yeah. um, I feel like, yeah, they show love in the way that they think, like, the way they think they should, mm-hmm. but that might not be a way that was, like, meeting our needs. Yeah, And 100%. especially when, you, yeah, when you're younger, you don't realise that that was them showing love, mm-hmm. so you don't necessarily, like, feel it. Like, you don't yeah. realise that... Like, they do really love you. They do really care about you. You just feel like my needs aren't being met. Um, and, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough as, you, as you're going through it. I think, like, in hindsight, you can look back and appreciate, like, the things they did for you a lot more. But yeah. um, For yeah. sure. Like, definitely, like, my mom especially really mm-hmm. tried to keep the family together. Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings? No, I'm the only child. Oh, That's same. another... <laughs> That's another issue. Yes. I that feel like an only child issue. dynamic is like, okay, for me especially, like growing up with just me and my mum, like I feel like single parent, single child is the worst possible dynamic. It's heavy, don't you think? It's yeah. a heavy dynamic. And especially no one to break it up. Yeah, 100%. Mm. And I feel like I can sort of relate to this in a sense, like I think my dad was out of, like I'm not going di- to divulge too much of my personal work. Mm. Mm. I will like kind of skim over it. But basically for very that 10-year period, basically – I would say my mum was like a single parent. Yeah, yeah. And my dad didn't come back into the picture until much later on. But even yeah, in that 10-year gap, like, it's just so heavy because like, yeah. I feel like you're carrying the weight. You're helping them carry the weight. Yeah. But as a child, I'm not sure if that's the most healthy thing. It's definitely not, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think, yeah, it's just heavy. That's, all, that's the best way I can describe that phase of my life, very heavy. Yeah. Yes, still is this is like <laughs> giving me flashbacks to my own life. PTSD. Yes. Um, well, I guess. I guess like now that we've given spoken, a bit of background, yeah, background yeah. about us, we can start answering the questions. Yeah, we'll jump into some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, I feel like this podcast is going to be a bit all over the place because a lot of these things are really like interconnected, mm-hmm. um, and it's really easy to go off on tangents. Yeah. But we'll do our best to kind of cover everything. Um, so I guess we'll start off with. How to set boundaries with parents who try to control your career choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is something that 
I feel like pretty much every ethnic kid has experienced. Absolutely. Um, from At my some experience. Point yeah, yeah. Um, I think we touched on this a little bit in the selective schools episode with Cindy and Issa. Um, just growing up with, um, well, I think we were talking more about growing up around other kids who are like academic pressure to do certain things. But I think a lot of that definitely comes from the parents. So um, did your parents try to control your career choice when you were growing up? I think money was the most important thing to my parents. Mm -hmm. And so they didn't care what the job was going to be. They were just like, you just need to make money. Yeah. But as time passed, like, I think they really realized that I was more interested in like creative like jobs Mm -hmm. and so I think they let that go so then it just became more the pressure of just get a degree just get a degree it just didn't matter what it was so I think I was very lucky in that sense there were never the top four like careers that I had to have Mm -hmm. and I know almost everyone around me their parents have put that pressure on them at some point my parents never really did that I think there's just a lot of pressure of being able to be financially secure and just Mm -hmm. getting a degree Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that comes from a place of them genuinely caring about you, right? Like they want you to do well. They don't want you to struggle, especially if sure. um, they've come from 100%, struggle yeah. themselves. Completely get it. Yeah. So I think it's important to keep that in mind. Like when you're dealing with that, that it like it is a way of them showing that they care mm-hmm. for your future. But at the same time, there is a point where it does become toxic if mm-hmm. they're not letting you do what you genuinely really want to do with your life. Yeah. Um, and don't you agree, mm-hmm. like, when you talk to – I think we're in a position where we do a lot of freelance mm-hmm. and we speak to a lot of clients. Mm-hmm. And I feel like consistently, like, the same story will come up. I did this because my parents, like, really wanted me to do the mm-hmm. degree. I finished it. I hated it. And now I'm doing – Something totally different. Completely different. Yes, all the that time. That is the same story I hear every time. And that's why I think it's so important to talk, to talk about it because, like, in the moment when you're in your early 20s or you're fresh out of high school, yeah. you think that is it. Yeah, but it just goes to show you every time what you want to do will win. Yeah, it will. Like you, like every single time. No matter how badly like you want to like respect your parents' wishes yeah. and please them. Like at the end of the day, you have like it's it's your life. Like you have to do what you want yes. to do, or you're just going to be miserable and you'll end up resenting them for it. I 100%. think it's really like yeah, 100%. really big thing. I think like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think. Um, yeah. So setting boundaries, like, I think, like, with, I don't know if this is really, I'll just speak on it in terms of, like, ethnic parents. But yeah. Like, there's this really deep-rooted, like, um, value of respecting parents. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's in any culture. Mm-hmm. But I think with Asian culture in particular, it's like, your parents are always right. Yeah. Always, always right, no matter what. And I feel like... We're saying like a very traditional or like modern Aussie family. Like mm. you go back like and forth, like discussion. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of discussion. Yeah. Whereas with Asian families, it's like it's this way and that's it. That's the right way. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like with boundaries, it's learning to communicate mm-hmm. and being open about what you truly want. Yeah. And I think touching on that, obviously, like I fully acknowledge the fact that like I'm white and obviously I can't fully understand. Um, but... <sighs> I think your parents might surprise you. Like for them, Mm. it might not come naturally to talk about things or to, you know, to communicate. But if you take the first step and actually talk to them, um, tell them how you're feeling and like do it respectfully, like they might surprise you with their ability to, or to actually want to listen, you know. And I also want to say that like 
boundaries with parents isn't going to be easy. Mm-mm. Like in any way, shape or form. You might, I don't know, I feel like even if you decide to tell your parents, I don't want to become a doctor anymore. Mm-hmm. I just want to do fine arts. Like you have to prepare yourself for the fact that you might not be talking to your parents for another year. Yeah, there like, might be some blowout. <laughs> that's the truth, right? I don't yeah. think setting boundaries is going to be an easy thing and I don't want to sit here and be like, yeah, just communicate. Just it's sit down not, at dinner and have yeah, a chat with a them. Chat, yeah. A bit of red wine. It doesn't work like that <laughs> at think, all. Yeah, but start off, like start off bringing it up respectfully. Yeah. You can't just, well, you can if you want, but I wouldn't totally. go in just like raising hell to begin with. No way. But if they aren't receptive to that, I think then sometimes you do just kind of have to raise hell. But ultimately, like, I think if you're doing something you love Mm. and you're happy, Mm -hmm. isn't that what all parents want for their children to be happy? And I think maybe in the short term, that vision can't be seen by them. Mm -hmm. But I think when you start living your life and creating the life that you want and you're so happy and you're fulfilled, like, I mean, I don't know what parent would ever resent their child for that. Yeah, like, feel like they eventually come around to accept it when they see that it turned out alright. Yeah. yeah, and if they do resent their child for that, like, to be honest with you, I know we say, like, parents are, like, the holy grail or whatever, but it's like, mm-hmm. do you really want to be around someone like that? At the end of the day, like, mm-hmm. your parent's just another person, right? Yeah. And yes, they raise you, yes, this, 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 but, like, isn't well, that toxic? Yeah, like, exactly. If they're not respecting you and your wishes, like, yeah. at a certain point, you have to realise that just because they're your parent doesn't mean that you have to... Yeah do everything they want, respect everything they want if they're not respecting you. you. Yeah, and you're both been, humans. Yeah, but we've been raised to think that no matter what, mm-hmm. even if they're disrespecting your wishes, that it's okay because it's your parents. But it's not true. Yeah. Like, it's not true at all. And I'm not a professional, but I know that is a fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100% it's so toxic. Yeah, it's toxic as hell. Yeah, and it will make you miserable. I can confirm that. <laughs> yeah, so ultimately just do what the hell, whatever the hell it is that you want. And if you're happy... Mm-hmm your parents will come through at some point. But mm-hmm. I just think, like, pushing yourself to study for five, six years, doing something that you don't even freaking love, like, mm-hmm. it's a fucking waste of money, yeah, waste of time. <laughs> it's so taxing on your mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's just wasting everybody's time because at the end of the day, whether you're 25, 30, 35, 40, mm-hmm. you're going to leave that job. It yeah. doesn't matter what anyone tells you. You're going to be so miserable. You're going to leave the job, 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right. Um, yeah, so I guess that kind of ties into the next question, which is how do you distance yourself from the guilt of living your own life when you know your parents have sacrificed so much for you um, and lived their lives for you, although you don't ask them to? I've seen this on TikTok a lot. Have you seen those videos? No. Oh, I've seen so many of these. <laughs> for you? Yeah, for me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel any, feel any guilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something that I've like really, really struggled with. And I think um, I'm still, still not fully, like I have not fully learned to deal with the guilt. Um, it definitely gets the better of me sometimes. Um, it's hard. Like I think like a really important thing is to acknowledge to your parents that you do like you've seen the sacrifice that they made and that you do appreciate it because at the end of the day like like they're humans right and we all want to like to feel like what we've done is appreciated and valued um so i think it's important to express that to them like you like don't just go off on your own path you got to show them that you appreciate them right is that yeah. what you're saying yeah yeah like you can't just go off on your own path and be like fuck you mum and dad like yeah I'm living my own life. Like, I feel yeah. like you... Like, but I feel like... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt No, go you. on. I was going to say, like, if they feel with guilt, I'm sure they constantly... Like, to, I don't really know how to answer this question. Sorry, maybe you just keep going. Whatever you're saying. 
I'm know, trying to honestly. dissect the question. Yeah. I think it's like, I, I feel like this question is like someone who's gone past the, the next step of the first question. So okay. like they've maybe made their own choice. Um, and now they're just trying to live with it. Like maybe their yeah. parents weren't happy with it. Um, because like, I'm going to answer it from someone that's like very like savage, like not a savage, but like, very... mm. I just, I don't feel guilt. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I feel like if your parents ever made you feel guilty mm-hmm. or like you make yourself feel guilty, it's like dangling what they've done for you over your head. Yeah. As like, a, I did this for you. Like you should be grateful. You, yeah. whatever. Which is literally what you're signing up for. When you have kids, kids so right? you can't hold it over their head. Like, oh, I put a roof over your head. Exactly. Like, I fed you for twenty years. Like, okay, yeah. Like, I didn't ask yeah. to be born, and now you're gonna hold like that the basic care that you gave me as a child over so my I'm, head. Yeah, I'm trying to dissect whether this person has parents that make them feel guilty for all that they've done, which is yeah. wrong. Your parents should never do that. Like, nothing should. Like, everything should be like unconditional. As in, like, mm-hmm. does that make sense? As in, your parents shouldn't do things so that they should get. So that they get praise or rewarded in return. Yeah. Like your parents should do it out of love. and Well, because they're caring for their child. Yeah. Like, yeah. So then that's why you shouldn't feel guilt because everything your parents did for you was out of love. I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah. And so they want you to live your best life. Like you should never feel bad for what they had to do to get you to where you are now because yeah. I think them watching you live your life, your best life, is the most rewarding thing that you could give them. I feel like it would be so miserable for them to sacrifice their life and work in a factory like for 30 years on minimum wage mm. for you to go and fucking do meth on the streets. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in, like I think that's why it's a bit of an extreme comparison, but like, yeah, as long as you're happy, healthy, got a roof over your head, like, yeah, I think you, you should feel no guilt. Yeah. I think, um, like the conflict kind of arises when their image of you living your best life or what they think your best life should be doesn't align with like your image. So like Mm -hmm. say like for both of us, we wanted to follow like creative careers and maybe our parents think that that's not going to be, um, what's the word? Like not going to be successful, that we're Mm -hmm. not going to make money, that it's going to be really difficult and we might struggle. Um, whereas they might think like, if you become a doctor, like you're not going to struggle. So therefore you'll be living your best life then. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think if you can just show them oh, – now I feel like I'm answering the first question again. <laughs> and we've circled back. We've circled back. Um, no, but I just think, like, it's just that initial period of, like, them having difficulty accepting it. And then once you can show them that, like, you're happy and you're healthy and things are going well, then, like, they eventually come around. And you shouldn't have to feel guilty for that. Um, but it is really hard. Like, I – fully acknowledge that because I struggle with that too um but yeah I don't know I feel like we did not give any but I don't yeah I don't know yeah it's hard because I I sound like a fucking terror child like (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know it's funny that you say that because I reckon I was probably more of a terror than you no I don't know about that I feel like I'm still a bit of a terror and I'm like fucking 26 (laughs) But I think like I just need to move out of home. That's a whole another topic for another yeah. day. Yeah. Okay. Well. Next um, yeah. Sorry if we didn't answer that very well. I just it's I don't know how to answer. I don't that. know how to answer that either. I feel like I have this bit of hair that's just sticking out on the side. Sorry. Anyway. All right. How would you work around overly stubborn or strict parents? Um, for example, not allowing you to have any privacy or independence. Oh, that's a good one. Um, 
I used to fight with my mum about this all the time, time growing up. Yeah. yeah. There was one point where she like found all my social media. Actually, this has happened twice now. So first yeah. it was like back when I was 15, like in the Tumblr days, feeling my whole life on the internet, you know, to be fair, like I was probably a bit young to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I felt like my privacy had been invaded, but then her argument was like, but you're putting it out there like in public. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and then later on, like, when I was in my early 20s, she found, like, my Twitter and my Instagram, and, like, she, <laughs> <laughs> she found your Twitter! She had a fucking she... meltdown. I'm dying. <laughs> you know what's funny is, like, the things that she, like, would get, like, that she was really upset about me posting were, like, not the things that, like, I think I shouldn't have posted. Like, the ones that she got upset about, I'm like, yeah, whatever, like, it was, just, like, probably just oversharing a little bit, but, like... Like, I would still probably tweet it today, but, like... You would tweet anything. (laughs) (laughs) I have some boundaries. Um, But then, like, things that were probably, like, things that I should have been more careful about putting out onto the internet, you know, in terms of, like, future career and, like, all that type of thing. She wasn't worried about those. (laughs) She was just worried about, like, me oversharing, like, personal stuff. Um, But, yeah, anyway, so I obviously felt like my privacy had been, like, very much invaded. And she was just very overbearing. Um... And it is really hard, but I think this is like one of the situations, if your parents are being really controlling or they're not letting you have any independence, you just have to like prove a point. Like you just have to show them that you can be independent. And overbearing parents, strict parents, like I always think the case of why they're like that is because they fear the unknown. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about this earlier, like literally – that is all it is, and I've realized that over the years. Like, back then I was not allowed to go out. I wasn't even allowed to catch the school bus to oh my school. God. <laughs> like, literally the school bus with only girls from my school oh, wow. taking you from one place to the drop-off zone, which was literally in front of my house. I was very lucky. Mm. I was not even allowed to do that. But then the second I did it once, I got to do it for the rest of, like, the three years that I was at the school. Yeah, you just have have to to break the barrier. Yes, that's the only way. And I completely understand because I know a few friends that are – because you're going to have two two camps. You're going to have the camp where you have people that are really scared to disrespect their parents Mm -hmm. and then you've got the people, like, shitheads like me, (laughs) who are fucking (laughs) terrorists and always looking to push it, push it, push it. I don't, like, argue heavily with my parents. Like, I don't, like, scream and stuff like that to Mm. get my way. Mm -hmm. I always just, like – test the waters and I push it for example like when I started going like I finished school already at that point mm. and I started going like clubbing but mm. I would come home before 12 but she would that's such an early clubbing night <laughs> that's like and then at some point eventually that was the time that I would leave for the club yeah. so it's funny how it changes but at that point like me coming coming home even before 12 mm. she would be my mom would be calling me at 9 p.m. checking if, when I was coming home. Where are you? So every half an hour, 9, 9 p.m., 9.30, 10, 10.30, so mm. on. And then at some point I stopped picking up the calls and then I would come home at 10. The next time I would come home at 11. Mm. Next time I would come home at 12. And I would just ignore the calls because they're just scared that you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Something's going to happen. from a place of like they're being overprotective. Like totally. Especially for girls, I think. Yes, it's, for it's, sure. It's warranted. It's very heightened. Yeah. Yeah. But each time I've come home alive, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit drunk, but I'm alive. <laughs> so it's totally fine. And I've never like, I have been kind of scared in those moments, like to mm-hmm. push it a little bit, mm-hmm. but every time you push it, it just gets easier. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to kind of apply that to everything that I do. Yeah. And like in, when I've been in relationships, like I've just pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. 
and yeah, I feel like you just kind of have with your to, parents or with your partner. Um, no, sorry, that was very confusing. With my parents, <laughs> like hanging out with uh, my partner, like not staying being over. To, yeah. yeah, so you just have to push it again. I just think mm-hmm. like all that stuff about parents being strict. I think it's just their fear of not knowing what's going to happen to you or what's going to happen to their life or like just life in general. I don't yeah. know how to explain it. Like, as in, you know what I mean? Well, cause you're going through this point too. Like, I don't know how old the people that ask these questions are. Cause I think a lot of these things kind of tend to pop up around the time you're um, finishing high school, entering uni, like maybe your early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if you think about it, like for them, I, like you have to remind yourself, they've literally raised you since you were a baby. Like you were there like vulnerable little baby at one point mm-hmm. and they've watched you grow, you know, become a child into a teenager and I think it's just really hard for them to, like, to just wrap their heads around the fact that you're now an adult that's going to start doing adult things. Like, because there's no, like, cutoff point no, when you become an adult. At all. Or, like, when you stop being a child. Like, it's that transition. I think yeah. it's such an awkward transition. There's yeah. no line. There's no this or that. It's just, like, and I think when you get hit that transition phase, that's when you have to really start pushing it. Yeah. And don't leave it too long. Like, just start, start early. Start early. Start as soon as you leave high school. Yeah. Make it easier on We're yourself. We're the worst. Parents <laughs> listen to you like, what the fuck? This is a parenting advice podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, like, I think it's up to you to guide them into the transition to your adulthood. Yeah. They're never going to see you as an adult because you're always going to be their baby. Yeah, you have so, to show them yes. that you're an adult. Yeah. yeah, you have to show them Yeah, 100%. But don't push it so hard. It's all about like baby steps. I think mm. you're going to have a hard time transitioning from like never leaving your house to going clubbing until 4 a.m. Yeah. You want to do it hour by hour. Yeah, hour by hour. <laughs> just go clubbing every single week, week so you can yeah. just push it out a little bit longer each time. I love how like my only core memory is like clubbing. <laughs> Which club? <laughs> club so it started at alumbra so i remember my mom used to call me at alumbra at like 10 11 12 like where are you i'm like i'm coming home (laughs) you're like i'm on my way you're like dancing on the podium yeah yeah, but i think like you do have to push it like your parents are never going to be the ones to turn around and be like all right do whatever you want now you like they just have to see you starting to do things independently and then they'll realize that, oh, they actually can. Yeah, and then 100%. they start to ease up a little bit. Um, another thing that I think really helps with that, this is pretty extreme, but moving out. like Yeah, because it says privacy or independence, independence. And it comes to a point where, like, you just have to take yourself out of the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think if your parents are kind of, like, super overbearing and you think they're never going to change, and there's a, that's the fact, like, mm. our parents are, like, grown adults like mature adults mm. like there's a chance they may never change yeah they're set in their ways and like you're i feel like with our generation or whatever and the generations um after us mm. everyone's so like self-aware and mm-hmm. so like what's the word like self-reflective is there another word for that when you're very like i know what you're trying to say that word there's a word for it <laughs> put it here <laughs> one brain cell literally um yeah and i feel like we're starting to become really aware of our life and how we can mm. change it but like the breaking thing, the cycles yeah, yeah whereas our parents the truth is they're probably never going to change so if you mm-hmm. really are having a hard time dealing with the situation and the dynamic of your family life i feel mm-hmm. like it comes to a stage where kind of like me where i'm at now i've kind of accepted for i've accepted what my parents will be and who they are mm-hmm. and i don't think they're going to change so it's time for me to take myself out of the situation yep. but obviously if you're like 18 and you just have like you're working at kfc like it's going to be hard to move out oh yeah like don't do it before you're like ready to ready, i think it, sure. it, it also like it depends on how how bad the situation is at home if it's like so toxic that 
it's really destroying your mental health and it just hits a point where like you just can't be in that environment yeah. I think if um, there's a will there's a way I think so yeah yeah, yeah like <laughs> I'm definitely not like a big um planner like when I moved out it was just because things got so bad that I just like packed up and moved to Sydney which I don't advise like I'm not telling not everybody everyone be like me no don't <laughs> but when I did that like but isn't that like such a good point in the sense like mm. literally if even if you have even if you have no savings I had no savings <laughs> I just I think that's like where I'm at right now I have no yeah. savings but I'm at the point where I just I'm happy to live paycheck to paycheck and just yeah. get the fuck out of home because yeah. I feel like it's affecting me and my productivity in life. Yeah. It's just very heavy being at home where it's just too much. Yeah. And what you'll find, I think, is that as soon as you move out and you create that distance, like your relationship with your parents, it just gets better. Everyone says it that. It does. Every yeah. single person. I've never met anybody that's not – no, I've never met anybody that's moved out of home and has said that mm-hmm. their relationship with their parents hasn't flourished. I think you get yeah. to see the good in them yeah. as opposed to the tr- like typical nagging parents. Yeah, because they're not like looking over your shoulder all no. the time. It's just – yeah, it becomes a lot easier because mm-hmm. um, you have that distance, which I think is really healthy. Yeah. But um, obviously, yeah, it depends how old you are. If you're 18, it might not be the best idea. But um, also, like even just moving out for a short time and then moving back home, I think – I haven't done that myself, but I think you would still see a change because like, like we said before, they've then accepted that, like, you don't actually need them. Mm. Like you can be independent. So once they've seen that, I think there's a little bit of a shift in the way that they'll treat you. They'll probably treat you more like an adult. Um, And like, because they haven't had control over what you're doing for like, say if you moved out for a year, like then I don't think what well, it depends on. Obviously, I think the dynamic will change forever once you move. Yeah, out. I think they will see you as what, like you said, like as an adult. Yeah, because they're not going to be. Well, depends on the parents. Some might dive straight back into being like super overbearing, True. but for the most part, I think they'll see that. Yeah, they'll see you as an adult, and they'll see that they didn't need to control everything that you did in order for you mm-hmm. to be living, you know, happy, healthy life. Um, and yeah, they'll probably be a little bit more easygoing. But agreed. Yeah. Um, we had a few questions about parents um, being really strict on partners. So mm-hmm. how to deal with conservative Asian parents who don't let their daughters stay over at their boyfriend's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it said straight at me. <laughs> how would you deal with that? Um, oh, I just went really close. Sorry. That's <laughs> all right. Okay. I had this issue with my last partner because mm-hmm. that was my first time ever bringing someone home. And so there was heaps of pushback for so long. Mm. And I was getting so much pressure from my ex as well so it's like pressure on both ends like his pressure was like you just need to learn to what i was saying before like pressure your parents to realize like it's okay yeah so then i was getting pressure from there and then i was getting pressure from myself for like trying to push back on my own parents like in my own way yeah i'm just like so much pressure oh jesus yeah and i feel like boys always have it a bit easier in they that do. regard and like so their I think, parents it's so much easier yeah and i just don't think he kind of understood that mm. which is fine like obviously with both were in very different situations Mm -hmm. and he didn't live with his parents so then he didn't get that like so did you stay over at his house i no but the funny thing is Mm. he lived with his grandmother at the time oh yeah so then there was a bit of pushback from his grandmother as well Mm -hmm. but then i think we were both yeah it was really weird now that i think about it Mm. i was getting pressured but then he was always a yeah (laughs) Anyway, whatever. Anyway, anyway. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so then what we did was like test the waters. This is what I always say. Bit by bit, you push it because mm-hmm. your parents realize that 
you're going to be alive no matter what. <laughs> you're going to be fine. Yeah. So then with his grandmother, I stayed over one night. Mm-hmm. And then from then on, like, I got to stay over. Mm. And did you tell your parents where you were staying? No. Yeah. I always used to say, like, I'm going to a friend's house and yeah. sleeping over. I'm going to one of the girls' um, places. And yeah, did you have, like, one over. particular friend that you just slept over at their house all the time? Yeah, all the time. one person. The, your friends, your mum, no, your parents always have one friend that they trust and love. And you yeah. just always just palm yeah. it off to them. <laughs> I did that too. And so when he stayed over at mine, mm. he always had to go home. It was like one o'clock. My mom would come knocking on the door and be like, okay, it's getting late now. <laughs> and it was, what a buzzkill. Yeah. Like you guys are like spooning or whatever. It's just this knocking on the door every single time. I'm having flashbacks <laughs> to like my early relationships too. Like, yeah. And so one time, so we pushed it even more. So he, he would stay till like three or 4 a.m. Mm. Because one time we were like fucking exhausted. He was <laughs> I like, you're going to say something else. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have... <laughs> oh god i didn't word that right i yeah. probably should have dropped their phone in there could have gone in a different direction anyway so you were exhausted so we were exhausted yeah <laughs> and it was 3 or 4 a.m and i think my mom was like knocking on the door and so then he had to leave like we're, we're both like walking i was walking him out i was like dying inside because i was so tired yeah. <laughs> you're like sorry and so then we pushed it to three or four and then the next time he stayed till the morning Oh, till the morning. And then he had to leave really early in the morning, so we had mm. to get him out before my dad saw him. Oh, so it was your dad that was a bit stricter? Yeah, but I feel mm. like my mum was just as strict, but she didn't want to, like, be the bad guy, so she would blame it on my oh, dad. good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I feel like it just kept going back both ways. Yep. Anyway, and then after that, we'd push it more and then more, but you kind of get the gist. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, at some point, he just got to stay over all the time. So Aww. it didn't matter. Like, that's the thing. But it also depends. Like, it's funny because my parents are strict but then they cave in really easily. So maybe mm. they're not as traditional as some other parents because I know a lot of friends that would never cross their parents. Yeah, which is so would, insane to me. It blows my mind. I'm like, I just could I'm never. Like, how do you keep your mouth shut? <laughs> <laughs> I could not. <laughs> and I think maybe that's another thing. I think yeah. some people are super, 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 super respectful of their parents. I think yeah. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle where I, like, I do respect them, but I do have a voice. I'm definitely in our relationship. the other end. <laughs> yeah, like I will say my words. Like I will say my piece kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it was, yeah. Wait, so how do they normally take it? Like if you were to express like your feelings to them about something and be like try to put your foot down like in a conversation with them, how do they respond? Like do they get angry or do they just ignore you or? Um, they just give me like, I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm very vocal with my parents. Mm-hmm. Like there's just been so much pushback. So it's easy for me to say stuff now, mm. but like, yeah, I feel like maybe I'm more past that point than I thought. Cause I think in the beginning I was like, I'm still trying to navigate it, but I'm like way past the point of like keeping my mouth shut. Yeah. Like if I don't like something, I'll you say speak it. Up. I yeah. won't even like try to sugarcoat it. I won't beat around the bush. And I completely understand that that's not the dynamic for everyone. I've seen like people yeah. speak to their parents. I'm like, fuck, you weren't respectful. I, yeah. could, I could never. <laughs> Yeah, which I don't know, like maybe it is a good thing to be like more respectful to your parents, but I just feel like if they're not being respectful of like you and your autonomy as a person, Mm. by the time you're like in your mid to late 20s, like by this stage in life, like like how long are you going to let that go on for? Yeah. Like, and if it's making you miserable, like if you feel like you're missing out on opportunities and like just not getting to live your life because your parents just like – because you're not willing yeah. to push back against your parents. Like, I think you, I don't know. I feel like you've got to decide for yourself mm-hmm. 
is this all worth it? Mm-hmm. Is this affecting you? And you know what? If your answer is no, and I know a lot of people that have dated for 10 years and they don't go over to each other's home. Oh, my God, that's insane. And they, their partners, like, their parents don't know their partners exist. Oh, my God. And if you are happy to lead that life and you don't feel like it's affecting you, mm-hmm. go for it. I just feel like that would just drive me insane. Do you think they actually don't know? Or do you think they just turn a blind eye? Because I feel like a lot of Asian parents turn a blind eye. I think they turn a blind eye. eye. Yeah. yeah. I do think that. Actually, probably just a lot of parents, parents in, general, in general, but I've noticed it a lot more so with, like, my Asian friends' parents where they pretend that they don't know don't what's know. going on. Yeah. But like, really, yeah, they've clocked it. They just don't want to. They don't want to deal with the it, yeah. the awkward conversation or like they just don't want to deal with it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, if you have conservative parents who don't let your like, if your parents don't let your boyfriend come over, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I've just always pushed back. I, I'm yeah. I know that's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but you just have to decide at the end of the day, mm. like. Not decide, but you just have to like evaluate like what's more important to you. Oh. Whoops, the days. So then, I guess like talking about like pushing boundaries with partners mm-hmm. and letting your parents like feel comfortable with you having a partner kind of mm-hmm. leads us to the next question of how do you deal with moving out with a partner, but your parents expect no premarital sex. <laughs> I feel like that surely just turning a blind eye at that stage. Like, like well, okay. Can we like confirm what does mm. this question mean? So this question is asking your parents are okay with you moving out with mm-hmm. your partner, but want you to not have sex with your partner. Or maybe they mean like how to, like they want to move out with their partner, but their parents, parents. don't want them to because they'll have premarital sex. sex. Okay. That, maybe that we'll answer be... it like that. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't make sense because it's like, um, if you're moving out with your partner, surely like, by, you know, by then they've like that ship has sailed. <laughs> they know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, it's tricky. It's the same thing though. I feel like you have to push back. Also, I think something we didn't really cover um, with the last question is like getting your parents comfortable with your partner because mm. it's that whole unknown thing again, right? Like they're just scared that like, like especially if they don't know the partner, like that's going to be so much worse for them Mm -hmm. so if you can get your partner to gain their respect um and you know get them more comfortable with them i think it'll be a lot easier yeah true Mm. it will be yeah i think they just feel yeah i think it's all down to the unknown i guess yeah um okay i guess this kind of leads to everything else we're going to talk about soon but Mm -hmm. i just feel like ultimately all the questions that we've covered it's like i've learned to realize that I am my own person. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't keep living by someone else's rules. Yeah. Like, you're going to go fucking crazy. And some people, you know what, have the the ability to tolerate this their entire life. I know so many, like, grown adults that, like, respect every single rule their parents make. But not everyone's going to be the same. And I don't think I've ever been like that. I've just always pushed back on things yeah. that I think would ultimately make me more happy. Yeah. And they have proven me time and time again that I've been much happier by pushing back on their rules. Yeah. Because, like, the stuff I'm asking for is not ridiculous. It's just, like, basic freedom, basic privacy, basic independence. And they and always so, come around in the end, right? Always. Like, yeah. if you're still alive, like, what are they going to argue about? So yeah. that's why I just think, like, you need to decide what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And you need to decide how much these things are affecting you because what's the point in not moving out with your partner if you being at home with your parents and like just constantly wishing you were out with your partner, like mm. moving out with your partner and having your own life. Like, I don't know. I just think like 
I feel like, am I just being disrespectful? <laughs> I don't know. Cause yeah, this, oh, it's so hard to say. Cause I know so many people that like would never, ever, ever do any of the stuff that I just mentioned. Yeah, I, I do too. And like, to me, that's just always seems so crazy. Cause I've that seems crazy like, to me back. too. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. I don't know, but it, I think it comes down to like a personality thing too. A and at the end of the day, right. Mm. You and I, are just, we're just explaining our point of view we're not yeah. even giving advice so that's just yeah. my point of view sorry we're like get out there and disrespect your yeah. parents disrespect your parents go against all their wishes no they said come home at 10 fucking come home at 2 a.m <laughs> i think um like compromise too you can do these things and still compromise and like circling back to what i said before like your parents actually might surprise you sometimes yeah, if agreed. you do like there are ways to do it respectfully and like I feel like they're unlikely to open that communication channel because like for starters, like if they're from a culture where like communication about like feelings and things is not a big thing, I think mm-hmm. um, that's just not something that will come naturally to them. And it probably comes more naturally to us as a generation. Um, like they, they just might surprise you if yeah, you were to, agreed. yeah, just have a conversation with them. Um, but if that fails, like sometimes you do just need to push back a bit. How many times have we said push back? Push back. Push back. This whole thing is just push back. Yeah. Don't take shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, going to hell for this podcast. <laughs> Fuck. We were already going to hell. Yeah, we'll see. I already had a seat saved for me. It's fine. <laughs> right next to mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We'll move on to a question um, kind of in the same theme. So mm-hmm. this is a friend of mine. She's you got to give some context to her situation. Yeah, I'll give a little bit of context. So she's been engaged to her partner for, I think, like five years. Um, they basically live together already. Um, and her parents want them to have, like, a big traditional wedding, but that's not something that she wants to do. So she said she's willing to have the wedding just to do things the right way, um, maybe due to, like, Catholic and Asian guilt. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thought of having the big wedding makes her feel sick and miserable, so she's asking, how can I balance tradition and honoring what they want? I want to make them happy, but not at the cost of my own mental health. So that's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. I think as someone that does a lot of brides, mm. I get to see this a lot. Mm-hmm. You see the dynamic of why people are doing such, or having such grand weddings mm-hmm. and why people choose certain details for the weddings. And ultimately it comes down to my parents wanted it. Yeah. Why do I have 350 people at my wedding? Half of those people are my parents' friends. Yeah, like they don't even know the people at their own wedding. Why am I doing the tea ceremony mm-hmm. for my parents? And obviously mm-hmm. some people do tea ceremony, like traditional tea ceremonies for themselves. But I've obviously had some people that say they don't even give a shit, but mm-hmm. for the parents. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think... um. Can you bring up her question again? Yeah, sorry. Um, Okay. I think this might be a situation where, like, you have to compromise a little bit. I know a few people that have had really big weddings for Mm. their parents. Mm -hmm. And I just think, like, a wedding... This is what I've learned doing a lot of bridal makeup. I've just seen a lot of, like, different dynamics and uh, situations. But I just think a friend recently said to me, like, there is... A life after a wedding. Mm-hmm. A wedding is one day. It's a party. If someone gets upset over it, I just can't imagine, like, why? It's yeah. literally one day. And obviously everyone has different values. And I think as an, I guess with Asian parents, there's so much emphasis on the wedding. It's mm-hmm. like the be and 
it's be all and end all. It's like the biggest thing, biggest day of your life. Yeah. But I think now that we're in such a modern society, we're starting to realize like people are fucking eloping, not even getting married, having kids without being, you know, married mm. or whatever. So it's like so flexible. It's so open, so easy. So weddings aren't as big of a deal to us anymore. Like even growing up, I thought weddings were like amazing and now i just couldn't care less i know i feel like that's us just becoming jaded from like working in that industry and seeing be, how yeah. superficial it all is and it's so like yeah and yeah. not to shave my brides or anything i've seen some incredibly happy couples and stuff Mm-mm. but i just think like but sometimes the details yeah. yeah sometimes i've noticed that the details aren't even for them and yeah. i've noticed that they just do it for their friends or just do it to one up the next person and yes, i just think that's the huge. actual reason why people get married gets lost Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes when you start to fulfill all of your parents wishes and needs you're kind of missing the point Mm -hmm. like and I always say this to brides when they get nervous or like whatever like a bit anxious before the day which is so natural I say just don't forget like it's about you and your husband Mm. that's all it's about Mm -hmm. tomorrow it's just about you and your husband like don't be nervous don't feel anxious whatever like when you guys walk down the aisle and you sign those papers it's literally about you two it's it's got nothing to do with anyone else and when you wake up tomorrow you'll realize like it's just you two yeah like you're like it's about the marriage like not about 100% the wedding um but yeah I think if your parents are like if that's something that your parents are really adamant about like it could be worth trying to find like a middle ground there somewhere like you don't have to have a huge wedding but if they still want you to have a wedding or if there's like religious reasons why you you know your parents might expect you to be married and you want to respect that and you want to make them happy um just find a way to do that, that striking a good like balance or a good compromise. And also at the moment, I feel, well, COVID restrictions have kind of lifted, but I was going to say COVID is a great excuse for like <laughs> not inviting really people one. that you don't <laughs> want to invite. <laughs> it was a very good excuse. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's two camps of brides that I've seen, mm. like the camp where my parents wanted all this stuff, but I said no. So then I've had a smaller wedding. I had my wedding my way mm-hmm. and they've been very happy with it. Yeah. So they've put their foot down. But then I've seen the camp where there's actually three. So my way cave into um, their parents once. That's Mm -hmm. the middle. And then there's the other camp where it's like they've also realized that the wedding is just about them Mm. getting married at the end of the day. And if their parents want fucking 500 people there, you can have it. Mm. That's what I've realized as well. That's another camp of people. Yeah. You can have whatever you want, whatever friends you want, whatever details you want. You can have it because at the end of the day, like, it's about my marriage. Mm. And this is just a party and I don't care. So if you want to do all the frills and whatever, you can have it. Yeah. So I think it, you have to go into this wedding situation with the mindset of realizing and focusing what it's focusing on what it's actually really all about. Yeah. So it's a different approach, I guess. Yeah, like, you just kind of do it, but, like, I I don't know, hang on, I'm just trying to, like, wrap my head around this, because it's not like you have to, like, you don't have to be that thrilled about it, like, to just go through with it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know. I don't know either. Mm. But I think, let's just say I was in your friend's situation, Mm -hmm. in the context of my parents, and they wanted all these things Mm. for me. I think by now you would have gotten the idea I'm a I push back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say it's my way. Mm-hmm. I went this way, this way, this way, this way. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably some point where you can meet a happy medium. Yeah, especially if it is like the Catholic guilt thing, like you can still get married, but just do it your way. Yeah. And then you've kind of like covered all your bases. Um, but, but 
like done it your way yeah Mm. i think there's so many ways to approach this like you can push back you can just cave in and just realize that it's just a freaking wedding at the end of the day it's no big deal especially if they're paying for it yeah that's another big thing if your parents are paying for it you have no say yeah Yeah, you literally have no say (laughs) oh yeah so it just depends on what you want yeah um but yeah it's an interesting one it's actually really hard yeah because weddings are such a big deal to some people and i can imagine why because at some point I used to think weddings were such a big deal until I started working in the industry you just realize it's just a big party yeah yeah I don't know I don't even know if we've <laughs> answered that but I don't have I don't a... know. do you want to open the thing again I just want to see if I've answered the actual question mm-hmm. well she said <laughs> the thought of having a big wedding makes her sick <laughs> I don't know like if it's gonna make you sick she said makes me sick and miserable <laughs> If it's going to make you sick and miserable, do things your way. Can I not read that part? I don't know. <laughs> this is intense. Like, this is this is a little bit more um, serious than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah, so do things your way. Yeah, literally do things your way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just yeah. do things your way. It's totally fine. I, if I were in her shoes, I would just have a small wedding, like elope, get married, but not do the whole huge wedding thing because i don't know if it's making the idea of it's making you anxious you're probably not going to enjoy it for sure it's so stressful leading up to it and Mm -hmm. again like i said it's just about you and your partner you do your thing Mm -hmm. and yeah Yeah. at the cost of my own mental health i feel like we skipped the. i think i read that okay did you (laughs) i think so all right well we hope that that was somewhat helpful um all right, so moving on to a kind of different set of questions. Um, I don't even know how to... Maybe we'll move on to this. I just think, feel like we've already answered boundaries. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. to read it? Yeah. So the next question is, how do you balance trying to navigate a healthier relationship with your parents versus holding on to the pain from trauma from the past? This is... <laughs> fuck. Fuck, yeah, literally <laughs> the situation I'm in right now. Same. I feel like... In the past few years, like, I've realized, okay, I really want to get to a better place with my parents, Mm -hmm. but holy shit, like, letting go of what they've done or, like, what I feel like they've done in the past is so hard. And also, I feel like, like, as you get older or, like, as more time passes, you start looking back and just realizing more and more things that caused you trauma, (laughs) like, things that you thought were normal at the time, Uh and I'll just have a flashback and I'm like, what the fuck? No, seriously. That was not okay. Oh, my God. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Um it's hard i'm gonna say one thing Mm -hmm. go to therapy yeah go to therapy like some of this shit is so hard to navigate and dissect yourself like you can't even see the dynamic like it's Mm -hmm. and especially if your parents are ethnic they will always like gaslight you into thinking that they were doing their best and putting you first or they did it out of love when in fact sometimes things they do not always. Oh, it probably is out of love, but if they'll gaslight into you into thinking that it was the right thing. That it was okay, yeah. But when you go to therapy, you realize, like, how many things they did were wrong. Yeah. Not even just going to therapy. It's just when I started talking to other people. Because I had always told people that, yeah, I have a rough relationship with my mom. And I was always really vague about it. And then when I started telling people, like, actual stories of things that had happened or mm. things she'd said to me. And just seeing their reactions, like the shock, shock. I was like oh shit yeah there you go. like because i always thought it was normal mm-hmm. or like somewhat normal like oh when you when a parent gets mad at you they do xyz but it's kind of like they might do x but they're not doing y and z yeah like yeah so 
I definitely, I'm actually planning on going to therapy soon for this. I did go to therapy for a bit to dissect some of this, but I need Mm. to go back because there's so much to unpack. Oh yeah. I feel like it's kind of a lifelong journey to unpacking your like childhood trauma. Oh God, yeah. If it's heavy, it takes a while. Yeah. But highly recommend therapy because I just think we don't have the tools to like navigate this shit by ourselves because it's very like the way you dissect things will always be from one perspective, but a therapist Mm -hmm. will always help you see the 360 of it. Yeah. And I think that also comes from, like, the dynamic of having one parent, one child. Because if you have siblings around, I feel like that breaks up the dynamic in in a way where they can stick up for you or, like, Mm. they can speak up for you if, you know, your parents are really in the wrong. Um, And even, like, with having two parents, like, they can call each other out. I mean, I'm not saying they always do. (laughs) Um, But it just breaks things up a bit. Like, there's always more perspectives in play, whereas if it's just, like, parent and child only – so intense like the spotlight is literally on you yeah and like a lot of the time parents like don't want to hear that they're wrong from their child yeah (laughs) um because they think like what do you know you're just a child um i'm the adult you know but yeah i think definitely having like a an outside perspective really helps you like unravel all those things and figure out also how you're bringing that forward into your other relationships because i definitely took a lot of like the trauma from my upbringing into my personal relationships and as I get older I'm kind of realizing like that I was repeating patterns that I don't want to repeat Mm -hmm. so same yeah and I've like kind of done all that learning by myself but I probably would have got there a lot quicker if I had a therapist to talk it through with yeah um but I guess in terms of like you didn't have a therapist yeah well the, the way I see it And this kind of applies to all relationships that have become toxic. I think you kind of have three options. You can either cut them off. Mm -hmm. Actually, let me backtrack. So the first option. (laughs) Cancelled. (laughs) Cancelled. No, okay. So the way I see it, I think you have three options. You can either do your best to forgive them. Mm -hmm. um, But if you choose to forgive them, you can't just keep holding those things over their head. Yeah, Yeah. that's not forgiving. That's not forgiving, yeah. If you're forgiving them, you have to really like be able to let it go and then move forward. Like yeah. if that's what you're trying like to a do. Fresh start. Yeah. The other option, I think we kind of discussed this last time is if it's things that you don't think you're able to work through with them, but things that they're not willing to change. Sometimes you have to pick and choose what you're willing to sweep under the rug and just like bury, let it go. Cause you need to realize mm. your parents are just fully formed people. Yeah. They're stubborn. Like if we're talking about ethnic parents, like mm-hmm. do you really think they're going to go to therapy? Yeah. Like that's why you kind of just have to, take what you can get and just accept yeah like things yeah like sometimes you just have to choose like there are some things that they might be willing to kind of like bend on a little bit or Mm -hmm. like learn or improve but there are some things that they're just never going to budge on and if those things are things that you think you can kind of be okay with like not let it get to you or um, things that you can just try to – topics you can try to avoid with them, like sidestep a little bit just for the sake of being civil. Mm -hmm. You can do that. And then I think your third option is if you – if those are things that you can't get past um, or if it's – like it's just really unhealthy, you just have to cut them off. Like, Mm. Or just move out. Yeah. Just create distance. Sorry, not cut them off. Yeah. (laughs) Cut them off. See you later. (laughs) Never call me again, please. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, you can't keep holding those things over their head. Or, mm. like, because they also, like, if you think of it from their perspective, it's... But I feel like mm. holding on to the pain mm. is not telling your parents how much they've hurt you. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like, and that's me, I guess, like, I've never told my parents, like, how much those 10 years mm. hurt me. Mm. See, I've tried, and it always ends in this, like, circular argument of, like, like, my mum would be like, she did her best, yeah. but I was so difficult. And then I'll be like, yeah, I was difficult, but I was a child. Yeah. And then it just kind of becomes like, because I'll be like, you treated me like this. And she'll be like, yeah, but that's because you were treating me like that. Just back and forth. Yeah, yeah. which I probably was. Like, I was a, I was a terror when I was a teenager. Like, yeah. she had a really tough job. But I always, in my mind, go back to the fact that, like, I was a child whose needs weren't being met. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, like, from my perspective as an adult now, I feel like she should have been able to see that, but she just never saw it that way. Or maybe it just didn't click for her like that. Um so it's tough, like... It's really hard, yeah. Yeah. But it is, like, that heavy weight of... Mm-hmm. And I still feel it today, like, that heavy weight of just resentment and just being pissed but it's torn between just wanting to finally just have a healthy relationship is just not being able to really be seen and, like, have your parents see how much they've impacted you in a bad way. Yeah, and I think it's also really hard for them, like, if you do speak up and you do tell them, like, how much they hurt you, like, they don't, like... No one wants to hear it. Like, you would feel horrible hearing that yeah, from course. someone else. So I think sometimes it's really hard for them to accept that, especially if they thought that they were doing their best. Um, yes, yeah. So it's hard. I think it's a hard pill to swallow for them, 100%. Yeah, it would be. Like, Imagine just being told, you fucking did a shit job. <laughs> yeah, and like, the, like the, probably the biggest thing you'll ever do in your life is being a parent. parent yeah, that's true. I never thought about it like that. It's very um, yeah, insightful. insightful. I think about this a lot. Um, yeah. It, what did my mum say to me when I said, I told her, this wasn't even about her actually. Like, mm-hmm. I was telling her like I was having such a hard time last year. I said to her like, this is when we would just argue about dumb stuff. I'm like, you're mm-hmm. just like stressing me the fuck out. Like I'm going through so much stuff. Yeah. And you're not was, helping. Yeah, you're not helping. I'm like, I have to go see a therapist. Like, I'm yeah. just, it's too much for me. And she was like, everybody's stressed. Like, oh. oh, I was like, you did not just say that. <laughs> she was like, yeah, um, you know. <laughs> every- so angry. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah. dealing with? Like, that's the shit I'm dealing with. Like, everybody's stressed. Everybody's angry. Like, you're yeah. not the only one. I was oh, like, fuck. I've, I've heard that Literally, exact response. Yeah. On the exact same day, I had to go tell my therapist. I'm like, can <laughs> you like, believe? Can you believe this? And he was just like, silent. I was like, yeah, that's just what I'm dealing with. I'm, it's not the worst thing someone could say. No. But that just goes to show you how, like, Asian parents have very little emotional intelligence and have mm. so little capability of knowing how to handle you emotionally. Yeah. And I think also part of, um, like, dealing with the pain that your parents have caused you, um, I think it really helps just to think of it in the perspective that, like, that in, in most cases they weren't doing that to you or because of you. It's just because they didn't know how to deal with it better. Like, totally. they have a totally different perspective and different set of values and they had a totally different upbringing different culture everything that's just made it really like made the way that they would deal with things so different to how maybe we would Mm -hmm. so just try to keep it in your mind that it wasn't personal I feel like that yeah helps it hurt a little bit less you're healing me right now (laughs) (laughs) look at me I should be a therapist (laughs) so true because it's like what I said in the last podcast Mm. we always think our parents are perfect Mm. but then you forget that they're just their own person. Like maybe in a time where we would be the same age, like would mm. we really be friends? Like 
As in like Yes. I, I think about that too. Whenever I meet like or whenever I think about older family members, like aunties, uncles, yeah. or like when I meet adults in their like forties and fifties, I think like would we've been friends, friends. Yeah. when we were both twenty five. Exactly. And like if like that's a lot of it I think too with my my mum is that we are such different personalities. Like mm-hmm. you could not have two more different people. That's so like, Yeah. That's friction. We clash 100%. as people. But you're forced to have a relationship because you're family. hundred percent. There you yeah. go. And that's why yeah, I think that takes the load off of your shoulders as well as mm-hmm. well. Because like it's like the movies where like parents like and their kids like best friends, but it's like the second you take that pressure off of yourself to have that perfect picture perfect relationship, maybe you'll just see your parents for who they are mm-hmm. and what their personality traits are, like they're stubborn, this, that, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to navigate it instead of constantly wondering why why are they pushing back so much, why are they doing this? It's just mm-hmm. like you actually accept them for who they are and you decide where you want to go from there. Yeah, like think about it as like that random friend of a friend that sometimes comes along to your <laughs> gatherings and you're not a big fan of them, yep. but um, you know, you're forced to spend time together, so you just be civil with them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that that can be a good way to approach it if you're yeah, having 100%. a lot of friction. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's my okay, so now we're just going to move on to some questions that are a little bit more related to moving out. Um, a couple of them were kind of, I'd say, not really relevant to what we discussed in this podcast, so I'll probably go answer them over on um, Instagram. But um, do you want to read out? I'll read out. The first one, yeah. Yeah. So, this person said, I constantly feel some type of shame for renting and not buying my own property. Do you guys feel the pressure and how do you deal with simply justifying renting Mm -hmm. versus buying? Yeah, um, I think this is a really big thing when you like hit your mid to late 20s and you see everyone around you suddenly seems to be building houses Mm -hmm. and buying houses. Yeah, Um, I think... Literally everyone. Yeah. There isn't a single person I know that's like... Maybe 90% of the people I know mm. are about to put a deposit down or mm-hmm. have already bought a place or something. Yeah, I feel like that's also um, like an Asian thing or like maybe a more ethnic thing, whereas white people tend to move out into like share houses when yeah, they're young. Yeah, so true. It's eh? like more the vibe, yeah. But um, I think it's just really important to keep in mind that like everyone's circumstances are different. Um, being able to buy a house is a privilege, so not everyone will be able to save up for a deposit. And even if you can, not everyone would have someone that can, like, sign on as a guarantor on their home loan um, or, like, you know, help them out with their loan or whatever it might be. So don't, like, beat yourself up by comparing yourself to other people and their circumstances because mm-hmm. it's different for everyone. Um, I think people have – I feel like people have been conditioned to think that the only way to be happy and successful in life is to own a home. Mm. And I don't think that is true in any way, shape or form. It's yeah. like where you place, like at the end of the day, it's like where, what, where do you place your, like where do your values lie? Like as in, mm. does that make sense? As in like. Is that something you actually want to yeah. do or do you just want to do it? Because Correct. You're just ticking it off. It. Yeah. Like yeah. do you think that, you need to ask yourself, do you really think buying that home and having a mortgage of that size Mm. is going to make you happy. And if it does, and you think that that is like the biggest goal in your life, then absolutely tick it off. Because for most of these people, yes, that's all they've ever wanted. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, you don't even know, maybe they're struggling to even pay their mortgage or maybe they even just jumped the gun and got the property, not even in a place that they liked or even the home that they liked just because their parents were pressuring them to buy a home or maybe because they felt like everyone else was buying a home around them. Like you don't really know the story. Yeah, like people are just kind of ticking boxes sometimes without actually... Yeah, like everyone's just posting that sold sign. Mm -hmm. But 
do you really know what's going on behind the scenes? Like, no one really knows. I think people keep glamorizing fucking buying a house. Yeah, having a lifelong debt. Yeah. Yeah. Because essentially that's what it is. We're not all going to be lucky enough. And this is just being realistic. We're not all going to be lucky enough to be able to pay off our mortgage within 15 or 20 years. Most of us are Mm -hmm. stuck with it forever. Yeah. So the glamour of buying a home, I kind of feel like the curtain needs to be pulled away because it's a big, big deal. And there shouldn't be pressure on other people or shame on people wanting to rent. Mm -hmm. And... Like, can we just be realistic about the, the house, the home market right now? Oh Housing God. market, it's pretty fucked up. <laughs> it's pretty like, fucked up. Yeah. 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 So I I also think um, I, I've read articles of people that are, like, saying that they don't ever want to buy a house and they think renting is the go forever. Because you can move around and do yeah, whatever you Yeah, you want. can move around. Because if you buy a house, you're really, like, setting – like, yeah. you're set in stone mm-hmm. for – living in that area like how do people choose suburb they want to live in i have like 10 suburbs i want to try living in like off Mm -hmm. the top of my head that could also just be my personality where i like i like a bit of change i wouldn't mind moving around to be honest with you yeah like what's the point in pressuring yourself into buying a home if you know you want to be a jet setter you want to work abroad Mm. live abroad whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know i just feel like you've got to evaluate yeah what your values are what your life goals are if you think if you think you want to have the white picket fence like of course you better start working for that goal yeah but if you don't really even feel like you want that white picket fence in the suburbs of your dreams or whatever and you want to move around like what's the point in pining for that dream yeah exactly like renting is 100 percent a viable option oh totally um also if it's like it's because we've grown up being taught renting is a waste of money and but it, I don't know if it is because at the end of the day, like, renting isn't a waste of money if you get, say, if you're in a shitty situation at home and mm-hmm. you get the freedom and you get the peace of mind and being in your own space. I feel like that's priceless. Yeah, 100%. I was about to say that. Like, you always hear, like, renting's dead money, like you're paying mm-hmm. off someone else's mortgage. And, yeah, you kind of are. Like, but if you're not in a position to save up for the deposit for the house, like, then that's fine. You're Like, I think you have to shift your mindset from – like I'm paying this money that could be going towards a mortgage mm-hmm. to like I'm paying okay. for my peace. A hundred percent. And yeah. the second you start thinking like that, I feel like it's not even a waste of money at all. No. Because at the end of the day, we all value our money differently, right? Mm-hmm. Why do some people buy designer purses? It just sits there on the shelf, but mm-hmm. they see it as the biggest asset in their life. It's just a, I don't know if that's even a good analogy. It's in like we, like at the end of the day, we use our money to buy into the lifestyle that we want. Yeah. Yeah, and if renting something that seems like a better option yep. to you in your circumstances, then, like, mm-hmm. by all means do it. Like, you shouldn't have to feel bad about it. Sure. Um, you yeah. just have to decide what lifestyle you want mm-hmm. and just stick with it. As in, like, don't feel guilty or embarrassed or shameful just because your friends are buying homes and stuff. And if your friends make you feel embarrassed or pressure you, like, do you really yeah, want to like, be what friends? What kind of friends yeah. are they? Yeah. Like, surely not. Like, yeah. yeah like, know. everyone is on their own path. Um, totally. You definitely shouldn't have to feel guilty about that. Um, I think when you start looking around, you get really – I think I've felt that for sure. That's not to say I've never felt the pressure. Mm. I still look around and think, like, fuck, what am I doing? Freelancing and, like, mm. income isn't consistent. But then, yeah. like, I realise I'm pretty happy because, like, I just have the most flexible schedule. Yes. And life is good and I can get by and – yeah. I think when you stop looking at everybody else's and you show some gratitude for the life that you have, 
it's less stressful. But yeah. when you start fucking looking around, holy shit, it's so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. It's like that whole comparison is the thief of joy thing. Oh, my God. It's 100%, so true. It's but, true. like, other people could be looking at aspects of your life and That's wishing, like, that their life was more like yours. But, like, yes. you never really know. The grass is never greener. I have yeah. clients saying to me all the time, like, oh, my God, I wish – don't you just love what you do? Like, you mm. just work on weekends and you have every single day free. I'm like, yes, it's, like, amazing. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it's, like – I don't know. Everyone's just going to always want the other person's life, the good parts of the other person's yeah, life without realizing, mm-hmm. you know, there's always the tough bits. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Next question. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess this is this very similar, right? Mm-hmm. So it says, how do you deal with the pressure of moving out? Mm-hmm. Really don't want to, but everyone else is. Yeah. Same thing, I think. But with that, I would also kind of question like, why is it that you don't want to move out? Is it because like you're so comfortable, like, being taken care of by your parents at home um like are your parents babying you because if they are sometimes I think it can be good to like just get out there and like gain a little bit of independence from moving out um but if it's like you just feel like you should because everyone else is doing it then I think yeah like you definitely don't need to feel bad about that totally because I feel like in what world would you want to leave when everything is paid for your parents like coddle you Mm -hmm. like cook whatever like obviously you want to know how to do those things but I just can't imagine a scenario where like my home life is so good my parents don't Mm. pester me for you know what's what do the white people call it board is that what it's called board where you pay board yeah Yeah, where you pay (laughs) paying your parents money to go home yeah yeah pay paying board and like your parents don't pester you Mm. To leave, which is the case with so I don't know if this person's Asian. I'm assuming they're not, but I'm going to speak on the Asian side of things. Yeah, it's like yeah, where they I don't think pester a you guy to, too. Yeah, yeah, pester you to leave. Like, why would you? Why would you leave? Like, why yeah. would you even feel guilty? I'd yeah. be laughing at anybody else who, maybe not laughing. That's a bit mean. But like, <laughs> we're laughing at all of you. But it's like I would feel bad for the person that got pushed out by their parents when they weren't even ready. Yeah, but it builds character. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, what was I going to say? Fuck, I keep losing my train of thought. I just think if you don't want to move out, don't move out. Like, yeah. don't worry about everyone else, seriously, because there's so many perks to being at home. Yeah. The only time I would say move out of home is if it's really affecting your mental health. Yeah. But in every other scenario, I'm just like, well, why would you do that for? Yeah, 100%. I think if you've got a, like, pretty good at home and it's a healthy environment and you're saving money, like, 100% do that. I always tell people, like, when I have, like, younger clients and they're thinking about moving out, I'm like, if things are good at home, like, just stay like stay as long as you can save your money um but if that's not an option for you then 100 percent by all means bounce get out of there um but yeah you shouldn't have to feel bad about making either decision either decision whichever one that is yeah i agree yeah paul show yeah um mm-hmm. have we covered pretty much everything yeah i think so. we have <laughs> all right um yeah we'll just wrap it up here um if you guys have any follow-up questions or um, any other input you can contact us over on um, the podcast instagram which is two besties one brain cell um or michelle's instagram gucci paints gucci paints paints not no, pants not pants <laughs> <laughs> um, i'll leave all that in the description box below um and yeah otherwise it's pretty much it thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having me i hope someone related to this yeah hopefully (laughs) fingers crossed hopefully we weren't just rambling i hope we made like some sort of sense yeah i feel like everything kind of related to one another so i feel Mm. like we didn't really have much structure yeah it's all interconnected like a big um big mind map (laughs) 
main takeaway push back push back (laughs) exactly yeah all right well thank you so much for listening guys bye bye